Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast. You can find us on Twitter at under underscore the Kosh. My name is Alex Mahanad is here. Hello, hello. Hello, and joining us again is Roy Olende. Roy, how are you? I'm doing very well. Glad, glad to be here. Excellent. Glad to have you. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter after they um, thoroughly enjoy your thoughts and opinions on this podcast? I am at Dan Yaya, and that's Yaya with Y-A-Y-Triple-A. For no reason at all, but I'm here to respect good old Yaya Sanogo, winner of <laughs> FA Cup. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's where I rep. All these people repping all these hot people. I, I rep Yaya Sanogo, man. Four goals in the Emirates Cup. Don't, do not mess with my man. You love the chaos. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, Mr. Chaos himself. I'm also feeling, I'm really enjoying the uh, the few people that will have expected that to be Yaya Toure, and then you just drop the Sudogo. No, no, you, you'll see by, by, by Amy that it's, uh, it's Yaya right after the FA Cup win. So uh, <laughs> a, a good old troll for my Spurs friends, just throw that in their faces once in a while. Big week as well for Yaya Toure, actually, now that I mention it. Uh, he pulled out the balls for the Champions League draw really slowly. <laughs> I feel like Yaya Toure is just the last person you want to spend a lot of time talking. Like I, I know that most of that job is just pulling out a ball, but you know you have these segments where he has to talk for a length of time. Fillers and yeah, yeah. He he's he struggles, man. I I know he's a coach at Tottenham. I hope he's speaking French, because like <laughs> Or Russian. Doesn't he speak oh. Russian or Ukrainian, is it? <laughs> I, I don't even know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. He's I mean he's, he I think while he was pulling out the balls, like I would say I think that's like his debut pulling out these balls. I would say he did everything he could with every ounce of kind of self I guess control to not two foot someone. <laughs> I, think, I think he just thinking back at his training debut with Arsenal before Arsene Wenger picked him to oh, Zaha. Colo. Oh, Colo, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Colo. yeah. Sorry, that's Colo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. funny. No, there were a lot of people on the stage that. needed two footing, though. I will say that. Like, so, I, they need new script writers, for, or 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 they need script writers for this thing because it's just like, hi, Hamid Alton Top. What do you think about? this and Hamid Altentop's like it will be beautiful what a special event like I, thank I, th- I think people underestimate like we as fans think like everybody's life revolves around this but Hamid Altentop <laughs> stopped playing probably and he just doesn't he doesn't even follow football anymore he's just <laughs> doing his thing he has no idea who's in the Champions League or who's not and we're asking these deep questions it's like bro I'm just here because like I fairly represent football and I can do this job like it's yeah it's funny that's you know, the, the fact that Michael Owen this weekend was talking about Arsenal and said, you know, they last season they finished sixth or seventh. This is a guy who's paid <laughs> to be a pundit and he's not even paying attention. So if you're not yeah. being paid to do anything, like these footballers are like, screw this, man. I'm like, I'm just going to open up a restaurant or something and enjoy my life. On the one hand, obviously it pisses me off when pundits are that bad, but also they do it every week and no one does anything about it and keeps paying them. So yeah. at some point you're just going to be like, well, I'm, I'll phone it in because clearly no one's <laughs> no one holding cares. me accountable for anything that I say. Yeah, because the criteria is just a familiar face. Yeah. Right? That's literally the criteria. I mean, there's nothing else. I mean, it's, a, <laughs> it's, I mean, to be fair, some of these pundits were hired as managers. I mean, that's worse. 
like like you think okay the punditry thing you don't have to go too deep into the resume you're kind of known face you can do the punditry but then like when you think of what's the, what's the spurs guy that pun is all Jamie horror no 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 even worse tim uh, sherwood? The, yeah tim oh, sherwood. sherwood like tim sherwood was chosen as their manager like that is way worse than choosing him as a pundit <laughs> yeah and like he's visibly on drugs and they still don't he's still bring him back yeah yeah. I mean, yeah, it's oh. something else. It would be it if like Arsenal else. chose Tony Adams to be their next manager instead of like Vieira. Like that's exactly <laughs> what that would be like. <laughs> uh, if, if he does the dance, you know that that gif of him yeah. doing the dance when he's teaching. Well, who was it? Granada. Yeah, something like that. Some reason, yeah. a mini hacker or something. So <laughs> you you laugh, but I mean, we had a manager in Emory that did the exact same moves. We, we saw that video, so yeah. you know. Oh, go, go. Yeah, true. Oh, God. Um, speaking of uh, other people who have been through a hard time, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Paul Pogba, uh, they need to form a support group. I I mean, I don't want to be flip about it because both of them seem to have suffered like pretty pretty awful things lately. So Aubameyang and his family got like, beaten up and robbed. Um, Mahane, Some people claim it's Barcelona. Well, yeah, yeah, Mo made the same point. Like, if Laporta wants oh, yeah. you to leave, <laughs> yeah, the first thing I I posted the link on the thread and I said, "Hey, if Laporta wants you out, he'll he'll do whatever it takes," kind of thing. Cold-blooded. Yeah. Do you reckon it was like PK and like Pedri and Gavi and whatever <laughs> in masks? So PK and Alba both were on the bench for Barcelona's last game and didn't play, so they're bored. They've they've got to find something to do. Yeah. So, yeah, and we know PK is basically a criminal already. Yeah. Piki had his film crew just like documenting it all. <laughs> Benzema with the stripod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. And then That's tough, Pogba, yeah. Pogba, I mean, I don't even know where, where to begin with this story. So, I mean, this is all like alleged and supposed and whatever. So, whatever, take it with a pinch of salt. But the story is that his older brother, Matthias, Matthias, uh, is trying, has been trying to blackmail him um, for like. 13 million euros give or take and and one of the things that he's using as leverage is that he thinks he has proof that Paul Pogba hired a sorcerer slash witch or whatever to put a curse on Kylian Mbappe um yeah yeah I, I mean, I, I think Sherwood's reaction to that. <laughs> I feel no, no, no. What's his name that hates Pogba? I want his reaction. Sunas. Sunas, Sunas is, is like he definitely did it. He's oh, like, yeah. he's like he deserved it with that hairstyle. He deserved it. <laughs> did you see the meme of like Sunas in his <laughs> in the balaclava the ski mask? He was one of the guys in the gang. <laughs> Look, I think. Pogba's brother, if all these alleged whatever rumors are true, I think mm. he over at like the 13 million. Like, I, I would not pay 13 million just for you to come out and say, oh, you tried to curse Paul, like Mbappe, like whatever. You can you can say that. I'm not giving you 13 million. No. No. I mean, the, yeah. the Get French Football account did tweet this evening that allegedly Pogba tried to pay them off with 100 grand and that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And that had people responding, like, is Arsene Wenger negotiating for him? And stuff? <laughs> 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 He's like hundred grand plus one. That's yeah, like yeah. Do. <laughs> but I, the thing I don't get, because I guess there was a series, right? So like, the first time was when he was in France, right? And he was taken to this apartment, and they're like, "Yo, you've you sort of dropped the ball. You need to like step up." And then at Juventus, like at the tr- at his uh, at training, training or something. Right? Actually, at United and Juventus, right? 
But only in one of these instances is when his brother was part of the gang, right? Like, from what I understand, like, his brother showed up in, you know, in a Well, it would make sense. It would make sense. The brother would kind of just kind of, like, not be part of this, but kind of feed them information and kind of be, like, there for Pogba, like, you've got a shoulder to cry on, and then, bam. But what was he thinking when he showed up to the one, right? Like, he's (laughs) like, oh, you know, I'm going to wear a mask. He he can't really tell who I am because I'm going to move different and, like... Like that, it's that's your brother. Tough. <laughs> brother. <laughs> it's, it's all like, about Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> I know that guy's game. I, I know that walk. Is that yo? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is Pogba also doesn't he have? Does he have one other brother or two other? Bro- like, yeah. which side are they on? One. That's a good question. I mean, uh, the funny part was when when Pogba's brother was sitting right next to him on the couch, and he said, "Just give me a second and then walked away and came back with three other dudes and wearing a balaclava. It's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, he just got up. He just got up from the couch. Yeah. I was expecting chips. He came back with a gang. <laughs> but why? Yeah, so, I, I can't uh, understand the 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 Mbappe thing because I don't do, do Pogba and Mbappe have beef. I've never heard of this. No, beef. like for. From what I've read, this strikes me as like the brothers' attempt to paint Pogba in a bad light, because like Mbappe is everyone's favorite, whatever. Mm. Ninja um, Turtle, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I so mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put this to you, uh, Roy. With that logic, though, did you think that Benzema and Valbuena had beef? Right. Mm. So you know, and I mean, that was pretty bad. But of all the people to have beef with, like Mbappe, you didn't, you don't pass the ball to him. He pretty much <laughs> is looking to sacrifice you. If you put Juju on this guy, like he will, he will definitely put you on a cross, like himself. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, now, now that you mentioned that, I feel like it was Pogba's brother and Neymar, and then like the short dude was Messi. Like they were all in balaclavas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now to think about it, maybe that's what it is. Duh, it's wild. It is wild. Um, yeah, anyway, I mean, it, the other thing with the, with the Aubameyang case is that it looks like Chelsea won't buy him now, which just adds to a, a worse week, I guess. I don't know. Anything could happen. Anything could change. But yeah, rough rough week for Oba. Um, transfers that are going ahead, though. Uh, Lucas Packard, this is the Super League, right? Like West Ham are signing Lucas Packard, um and Newcastle are signing Alexander Isaac. Like, What, what are your... Uh, Roy, what was your reaction when you saw... So Arsenal were obviously linked with Alexander Isaac for quite a while. What was your reaction when you saw he was going to Newcastle? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm still stuck on the, the fact that we saw his license plate in January and, you know, he didn't show up to, to Colney. Um, like, Isaac's, he's he's decent, but I'm not losing any sleep over, over this, right? Like, I do think something in Newcastle have done, and, and you, you guys have talked about it a little bit, is... They're being smart with their recruitment, where the potential upside of Isaac is huge. And if he sort of flops while well, he's 22, you know what? He'll sort of hang around for a salary for a few years, and then he'll he'll bomb off somewhere else. But the upside, potentially, I think they could be this, like, I was thinking about this, they could be a better version of Palace, where, you know, they have, like, they have this incredible attacking lineup that mm. can really hit you on the break hardcore they're not going to be like a control possession you know they're not going to be 70 percent possession team but 
with the likes of Saint Maximan, Isaac, these dribbling kings, Bruno, um, they can be like a real thorn in your side if you're a top side, right? So yeah, I mean, I'm not losing any sleep over it, but I'm sort of sad that Newcastle are building reasonably smartly. It's a crazy fee, though. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's smart as well in the sense of like they need a striker because unfortunately, Callum Wilson cannot stay fit. I love yeah, him. I think yeah. he's a fantastic player. When he's fit, he scores goals. He's smart. His runs. His you know he does all the right things, and he has stretches of time that he reminds you how good he is. But unfortunately, he was already injured just last game after starting the season quite well. So you just at some point you have to just say I can't rely on him anymore. So it's not like they're stockpiling anybody that they can get now because they've got money. They're actually going, okay, well, I literally don't have a fit striker for the entire... Chris Wood is just whatever. That was Yeah, Chris crazy. Wood is respect. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a, the epitome of a short-term move. I'm, yeah. I'm done with this play thing. You can... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, I think yes, the fees is a little bit high, but they are, I think for the strike... Again, we talked about the striker market... It's not really full of talent out there that you can go get. So for them to get an Isaac at 70 million, look, it is a bit more expensive, but they have the firepower now to kind of flaunt. And I think they made a good choice. And, you know, he's still young, like you said, Roy. And I think they can get him to play well. I I like what Eddie Howe's been doing. You know, we've heard about the stories of how Eddie Howe kind of took Willock under his wing and got him playing better. He seems like a very good one-on-one man manager. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even if Isaac struggles at the start, like Eddie Howe's the right person to kind of bring it out of him, right? I think that's fair. On on the fee, I would say two things. One is like, if you're Newcastle and you rock up at the the bidding table, like, what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. What, what what are you gonna do? Um, you're like, let me just check the price of oil. Yeah, seventy million. I don't like. Um, oh, fifty. We can't afford that. Uh, <laughs> you know, price of oil's gone down by a few cents. It's uh, it's a bit of a stretch. Exactly. Um, and the other thing is like, it's a lot, but it's also less than Anthony Gordon's gonna cost. So there's that. It's a hell lot less than Anthony. Jesus. Right. Well, that's a perfect segue. Um, on a rating of one to um, Paul Pogba, how extorted are Manchester United being right now? Yeah. Like, I, I just, when you look at the big picture, like, they paid one club, or allegedly they will end up paying Ajax, just one club in the region of like 170 million. That's one club. You're, you're like erasing their debt. Like, it's insanity. Like how much money United are giving one club this this summer for who? Lissandro Martinez and Anthony. Like I'm sorry, no. Like look, United. The problem is money has never been a pro- an issue. They're like no. I want this player, I'll pay whatever you tell me, and I'm just gonna get him. So the only reason United don't get players right now is because they're not in the Champions League and the players don't believe in whatever they're trying to do, so they lose on players. But if the player only has one destination and that's Manchester United, they will get him because they will pay extortionate amounts too. Yeah, like the baffling thing about United, it's not baffling because United, we know, are a bit of a mess and, you know, front office, back office, whatever you call it in football. Mm-hmm. Um, all through the summer, the talk has been just Frankie. We can maybe do 60. Oh, maybe we can do 70. And you're thinking, oh, like, what's what's their budget? Maybe <laughs> just over 100. And all of a sudden, they just come out and like drop almost 200 on two players from the same team. Um, one of whom is like their third best creator. The other, um, I think we can talk more about Martinez if, if, uh, 
if, if it ends up happening. But like he's he's okay. Like he's not a he's not like a game changing center back, right? Um, and I think the strange thing for United is they've gone through the summer thinking that they're so skin like they have nothing, right? And then they just drop wild money on this player who Anthony may end up. I mean, he's a silky guy. He may end up being a decent player. But I think the it's really just like opportunity cost. Like they could have done so much more this summer if they were organized. And I'm so thankful that they are not. And I, I'm very thankful they'll continue to be dysfunctional because this is a team with so much money that's capable of doing so many things, but they're still fixated on Sir Alex and this whole thing that they can't just release themselves to be like the new version of themselves. So, I mean, he he may be a decent player. I just think it stinks of United sort of ineptitude that at the end of the window, they're dropping so much money for like an okay winger. It does. And and it's, I mean, it does make you think or question whether Eric Ten Hag is an agent just planted by Ajax <laughs> to get the best prices possible. Because like no one else was going to pay these prices, Arsenal weren't going to pay that much for Lissandro, and literally no one would have given you hundred million for um, for Anthony. Yeah. I mean, they were asking half of that earlier in the window. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Um, and like it, it felt to me, you know, Van der Sar, who is the sporting director there, has a United affinity, and it felt to me like he was trying to say, like United, don't do this. Like ninety million, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do it. And United <laughs> were like, all right, you know, that, that's what it felt like, but. <laughs> The other thing is, so we have a question on this um, from um, at Toriaki on Twitter, who says, "Will Anthony live up to his transfer fee?" And I just don't think he can. I don't. I don't know what he would have to do to live up to. It will million. never. He'd have, he'd it have will, to be like. It will never be his fault that he didn't live up no, to it. Like no. no matter what, like he could. He he pretty much has to match Salah kind of output. It's exactly to, what I was thinking. To be like a hundred million kind of player. Like, are you gonna match Salah's first season in the Premier League breaking goal scoring record? No. Like he cannot do anything to justify a hundred million. He can have a fine season, he can score fifteen goals. It will still not amount to a hundred million spent on this guy. No. But here, here's a question, a de- kind of devil's advocate question, because we t- we talk about guys like Havertz and and maybe it's because he's the best of a bad lot of Chelsea signings, but we look at Havertz and we're like, yeah, like he's he's worked out okay. Relatively. He was ninety million. Ninety million. So to me, we, we've been mm. numbed a little bit to these prices. So like mm. Grealish was a hundred million. Like you know, it's been a failure. It was pointless, but it was a hundred million. But I think we're numbed to it a little bit in that if Anthony is just like pretty good, people won't slag it off that much you know yeah i think i think success for anthony listen is he becomes a starting right winger like he consistently plays games in game game in game out he scores 15 goals a season if he does that you know united fans will be okay with it Mm. but he can't live up he can't live up to the price the price is an inflation that is a result of united being desperate and having zero planning that's not his fault. Same thing with like guys like Pepe and them. You just get sold for a price that you you're like. I have no control over this. So I think for him, yeah, if he becomes starting left, starting right winger, he scores 15 goals. Good for him. The guys make him bank. You know, his <laughs> his family is sorted. Hey, yeah, do your thing, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Lewis Graben has joined Al Ali. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's still playing. Wow, that's <laughs> impressive. Playing is generous, but there you go. Um, Forest? Yeah. Forest? He was at Forest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess they had to release someone when there's yeah. 20, 20 players. Um, so, yeah, Anthony, they're also signing Dubravko, who I think is a good goalkeeper. I'm actually surprised Newcastle are willing to Same. let him go. And I'm, I kind of don't really, I mean, I suppose Dubravko is just trading one bench for another. So Yeah. I don't, I think that's another thing I don't get, right? Like if you're trying to, again, we're Arsenal fans. You sort of think of what a club would do if they're trying to transition, right? Like, I think you would bring in a second choice who is more along the lines of the type of football you want to play. So I was under the assumption that whoever they're bringing in is maybe not like the permanent next keeper, but like something along those lines. Whereas the mm. Bravko is sort of like a, just like a different version of the hair. Um, so again, Man United, whenever you're in a position where you have lots of money and you're panicky, just do stuff, right? So yeah, <laughs> decent keeper doesn't really change anything for them. No, for sure. Yeah, like um, like sorry, just like, yeah. that that that's stuck stuck with me. Like none of these are transformational signings. Like they're not gonna change your output for the next five seasons kind of thing like I, I think the one thing we always come back to united is let go of the history let go of who you are and just actually kind of commit to the fact that you're shit right now and rebuild right liverpool did it arsenal are starting to realize that and are doing it like just commit to the fact that you're shit and start over but this whole patching you know over cracks can only take you so far and at some point you're gonna have to reset yeah yeah, we. I mean, we uh, Arsenal went through that with the Willian period, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but David Luiz, okay, so so here's a signing that would be transformational, I think, which has been kind of rumored online. Like even Demazio has written about it, so it's probably not total bullshit. But it's the it's the Napoli Osimhen Ronaldo Ooh. swap thing, which I think merits a little bit of discussion because it, so allegedly it would be 120 million transfer fee for Osman plus Ronaldo and 85% of Ronaldo's wages. <laughs> <laughs> now, objectively, that is, you know, an absurd amount of money. On the other hand, it does get rid of the biggest problem at the club. And there seems to be no other option to get rid of him. Uh, and it gets you what looks like is a world-class striker. I don't think money is. I don't think we should ever discuss money when it comes to United transfers. Like it's just not a thing. So it's like yeah. forget the money. Let's just talk about what they're doing from a physical point of view. It's fantastic. You get rid of Ronaldo. You, you bring in a world class striker, which you don't have right now because Martial's not going to do it over a season. And fine, that's a move I can get behind. As like you said, Alex, slightly transformational in both ways: the player leaving and the player joining. The money mm. thing, forget it. Just, just. When United are in play, like it doesn't matter. Just kind of, you're never going to get out of that whole, oh, United are overspending. They always overspend, especially not being in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Like he would be a problem. Like he would be a real problem for opposition. Mm-hmm. Like when you introduce that kind of player, I think the biggest thing that I think about is what it opens up for, how it potentially gives someone like Anthony a bit more room, a Jadon Sancho a bit more room, because more attention to what's going on in the middle. Um, someone who is that skilled, that like 
yeah, that physical, like there is something to be said of a young dude who is looking to prove himself. Um, and that's the biggest stage, you know, Old Trafford, Man United. So yeah, the fees are outrageous, but like you said, like more like is United. They, they spend money how they want to spend money. I would be, I'd be more worried as an Arsenal fan if they sign him. Um, Anthony is like a fun plaything, but that would be wild. Like anyone who doesn't, anyone who's not a United fan, your biggest hope this season is Cristiano Ronaldo sticking around. Yeah. Because it's pretty obvious by now that Ten Hag does not see him as a starter. Like Martial is injured. Ronaldo's not starting. Um, like Ronaldo, Ronaldo is going to be a problem if he's hanging around for this full season, playing this league he's never even heard of, Europa League. Um, <laughs> just like imagining himself being somewhere else and enjoying life. Like, oh yeah, that, he'll be that, toxic that, as hell. That would be toxic, yeah. Yeah, although it does, it does. Um kind of amused me to think about him at Napoli. Like, I don't know what he expects that to be. I mean, yes, they're in the Champions League, but, like, I don't know what you expect out of that experience. I mean, uh, the facilities aren't great. The stadium's, like, four million years old. The owner's bonkers. And the manager, who I really like, is famous for introducing the false nine. So, so like, I don't really understand how that all works He just wants more Champions League goals. That's it. Just... Just give me five more Champions League goals. I don't care about anything else. So just like terminate your contract and go to Sporting Club Club de Portugal on a free. Yeah, but didn't their didn't their manager say he'd quit if they signed Ronaldo? <laughs> Respect. <laughs> so I don't know a lot of brave people that would put themselves against Ronaldo in a choice, but especially in Lisbon. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Wow. Uh, just uh, before we end on United. Um, at Toriaki also asked, is Rashford the striker United have been missing? And the answer is no, it's Victor Osman. So Yeah, we can move on, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think Rashford has moved on from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Ross Barkley's joined the unemployment line again. Does anyone want Ross Bark no? Okay. Nottingham um, Forest do. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Rennan Lodi. I mean, and Lodi. Well, I mean yeah. this is the most bizarre <laughs> random transfer window I've ever seen a club have. Seventeen got, players. 18 now, isn't it? Because they're uh, going to Willie Bolly. As of today, it's 19. There's 19 a ticker 20. online somewhere. <laughs> I mean, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I know that they had a bunch of players brought in on loan. I know that's a, you know, players leave and such, but that's almost two full teams. 19 players. There's no way any club can integrate 19 players. No way. I, it's just impossible. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. <laughs> It doesn't. On the other hand, I watched them on the weekend, and like they weren't bad. They weren't, they weren't bad, no. Great, but they were, like they yeah. didn't look like a team that had a, f- a full team of new players. I mean, they were much. playing playing Conte, who just decided who is uh, just a hundred percent Tony Pulis in Italian form, who has won some stuff. <laughs> like hundred percent. They yeah. played right into his hands. To be fair, they were like, yeah, "We're just yeah. gonna run and press you really That'd high up amazing. the pitch." With you know, they signed nineteen players, but yeah. the three centre backs are all like League Two bulldozers. It's, oh, it's very confusing. Is, oh, yeah. Anyway. 
I, d I did look up the owner of Forest though, because I was like, what is going on here? So the guy's name is Evangelos Madinakis, Greek. He's, um, how do I put this politely? He's the size of like four people. <laughs> and so clearly has the bank balance of, you know, anyway. Um, it, so it, it turns out he's also the president of Olympiakos. Um, and this kind of caught my eye because they seem to they signed this guy from Bordeaux, Huang Wei Zhou, and then immediately loaned him to Olympiakos. And I was like, yeah. "Hang on, Greek owner! Like he just bought himself a little present, basically, yeah. via Nottingham Forest." <laughs> yeah, it's like the city thing, right? When they just sign random players and give them to their to their like yeah. MLS club or whatever <laughs> clubs they have. It's like, oh, here we go. You can just yeah. It's... I don't know. I mean, they, like they made it through. They, they're they're here. They you know they're here. They're yeah. in the Premier League, so he's doing something right. Yeah. Um, maybe I'd be interested to go back to start of last season and see how many people they signed. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's research worth doing. Um, Lucas Paqueta, West Ham. Mo, another one that was that was linked linked to, uh, to I like North him. London. I like him. I think he's he's a good player. He was kind of linked for the for that eight role that we have Shaka in right now. That's kind of what he was linked for. Some people say he could play out wide where Shaka is just cover, but like I think he was really linked for that like <clears throat> number eight. For for a silky player, he does have a lot of kind of grit about him. He runs around, he tackles, he does some of that stuff, but you know a little bit more technical than Shaka maybe. Um, so I was kind of a little bit excited about him because I thought like just I thought he was all this twinkle toed and whatever it's like another Odegaard that wasn't going to work kind of thing Odegaard not in a bad way but kind of more like on the technical side but then I watched a couple of games when we were linked and he actually runs around tackles like does this thing so I was excited about him but at the end of the day like Shaka is undeniable well. <laughs> <Just> undeniable <laughs> he will not be denied like, he is inevitable exactly he's in inevitable he's undeniable and I just kind of like, even Telemans, I started to just lose interest in Telemans at the beginning. I was like, yes, let's do it. Now I'm like, hmm, I kind of like what I'm getting from Shaka, which is insane, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think at Arsenal, like, I, I'm not losing sleep over it because I still think it's a winger we need first. I don't think we have enough up top once, like, Smith Rowe is kind of cover for every single position up there. It doesn't really make sense. We need a winger. So I don't think I want to go spend 40, 50 million on, on a pack. If he's playing in that number eight role, I think I'd rather spend it on a like a Neto or whatever. I'm sure we'll get to it. But yeah, West Ham flexing again that Premier League muscle, and I think the Leon mm -hmm. president he's crazy. What's his name? Olas. Uh, Olas, whatever his name is. He came out today. He's like, oh, we were expecting big clubs to come in for him, but it's just West Ham. So we're talking to the West Ham. <laughs> that was so much shame. Oh, he's word. he's on the phone with the president of Sassuolo, being like, right? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> But but that's that's a great signing for them. Like if you think of that West Ham, like you think of a player who genuinely moves the needle for a team, like one just because of his level of talent, but two actually because of the hole that exists in that team. So like West Ham, you know, um Declan Rice, solid at the base. They lost Captain Fantastic, who really was, I mean, he was done. But um Suchak is not a skillful player, he's a useful player but not skillful. And for Niles, Lanzini, they 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 have flashes, but hot they're cold, not... Yeah. yeah, they're totally hot and cold. So if you think of someone who will genuinely move the needle for a team, 
Paqueta, he, he's going to do that for nearly every team that exists, but especially for West Ham, who, you know, started the season sort of like iffy, but, you know, they have Corne now, they have mm-hmm. um, Skamaka. Like, they've brought in a couple of, like, really interesting players to to improve their first 11. Um, and are, do they have... Are they Conference League this, this season? Uh, I want yes. to say yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Skamaka's only goals have come in the... In the yeah, conference league. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, like like Bowen, Pakita, and Corne behind Skamaka, it's a bit harsh on Mikel Antonio, who hasn't really done anything wrong. But like that's a pretty good front four, at least on paper. It's hard yeah. to imagine David Moyes being able to speak to any of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> like it's really hard to imagine. I mean, is that harder, or is it Roy Hudson speaking to all the cool <laughs> twenty-year-old, you know, twenty-year-olds in uh, at Crystal Palace, trying to be like, "Yo, Zaha," <laughs> <laughs> or Eze, yeah, or like yeah, Elise? Yeah. Imagine he was still there. Oh my god! Listen, fam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it should it should be interesting. Um, Everton. Why? Neil, well, right. Neil Mope. Oh, right. Like, you know, he saw Burn Leno was going to give him some hell at Fulham. So he's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> this they did Fulham a favor, in my opinion. I, just, I mean, I know it's 15 million, which at this point in the Premier League is like, you know, the coins in your pocket. But like, he, he's shit. He's like Shane Long, yeah. but 2022. Hmm. I don't know. I mean,. <sighs> The thing is this, Brighton don't be like, I get it, he's not top quality, but Brighton aren't deemed to be losing strikers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, Brighton are famously known, yeah, they're famously known for needing strikers of any quality, just numbers. <laughs> so, like, I don't get it, but fine. you, you want to rely on Welbeck for an entire season? Be my guest. He's great when he tries, but like he'll get injured. He, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I just think, look, Mope has his moments. He did have his moments for Brighton here and there. Again, hot and cold. Everton are not choosers, right? Beggars can be choosers at this point. DLC is always going to be injured and off doing his own thing. Who are they gonna sign that's gonna that's gonna join them that's gonna be better than Moppet? Like they don't really have options. Yeah. But yeah. there's there's part of me that thinks like, you know, Everton, they've been rubbish for the last year. But let's be honest, Everton are a gigantic team. Like they're a yeah. big team mm-hmm. with owners that have money, right? To me, it doesn't make sense that they would not have gone out to purchase a Richarlison replacement like a a wit like a winger slash striker who like whether it's like a sar or whether like some there's someone out there who can come in with lots of potential and just be like gordon on the other side right like whether you play off the right gordon can play off the left and they can just have some level of flash right like they'd have nothing like when calvert lewin is out and that's a tough thing you can't sign a starting forward with Calvert-Lewin there. That's tough. But Calvert-Lewin is always injured, right? So they're yeah. in a tough spot. So I'll tell you this. I'll tell you me. this. You, you talked about the flashy winger that they don't have. Well, the problem is they took him and they moved him in center mid. Have you seen Iwobi's performances? 
So, so that's the hole that's there, right? It's the, it will be hole, yeah. but they, they just can't find anyone in world football to cover that big it will be sized hole. That's the problem. Shout out to the size of his head. Yeah. Yeah. He's Nigerian well, problem. Man. I mean, yeah, he's, he's beaten Deli Alley to a spot in the Everton lineup, so there you go. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is weird. I mean, they could have bloody signed Anthony at the beginning of the window for like forty million if they'd wanted. You're right. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, Demarai Gray is still there, pretending to be Care. useful. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's so many of these players sort of like swimming around the top of the championship. Like, just go pinch, go pinch one of these guys or pinch someone from Liga. They were linked with uh, Brereton Diaz, which seemed very sensible to me. But yeah. then he sods off to Chile every couple of months, so I suppose that's. That's not ideal. Um, Well, yeah, true. Very true. Uh, Richarlison, by the way, um, we should talk about it, uh, is being vilified in some some quarters of the press for having the gall to do two keepy-uppies and then getting clattered by by a Nottingham Forest player. I just find this really funny that people pretend to get offended by this kind of thing when like we all spend half our lives being like all the flair players are gone we don't yeah. have anyone that does any skills anymore and then one so, does one and we want him killed so silly yeah. i don't know i'm gonna disagree I don't, I don't i'm gonna disagree Ooh. you know me I, I love flair it's how i like to play the games how i like to watch the game i get all that but there's context you are at a relic at a newly promoted site well, this was a way wasn't it think so yep. mm-hmm. you're you're in their stadium you just came on as a sub you've struggled all game against this newly promoted team and look you can do it i'm not telling you you can't but i also can't fault the reaction i totally get it like i just totally get the reaction of like was this necessary like you can do it you know you can do it if you're trying to like get past a player in a fancy way you can do the you know the whole neymar rainbow flick thing and people get mad at that i don't get that but like at least there's something there you're not just standing there in the corner doing keepy uppies like it's not sunday league but here's the thing like they're just trying they're just like wasting time and trying to see the game out and it it worked perfectly like he did a couple of he knew like he knew he'd get he'd get clattered because everyone who ever does this gets clattered and then you got a free kick in the, in an area that you want it, and you see so the, 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 clock. Like the, the fine print. The, the fine print is that it was Spurs, so I am biased. <laughs> well, that that's a given. So I, I I think there's a little bit of like, oh, it's Richardson and Spurs. I'm just you know, there's a little <laughs> bit of that for sure. I'll, uh, I I'm also as a, as a gooner, I would I would usually be anti Spurs, but I mean, I watched sadly, I watched that entire game. And that was the most entertaining part of that entire, <laughs> entire ninety minutes, man. Because, yeah, Conte has no, he has no intention of sending more than three players past the halfway line at any point in time. <laughs> so, that was the most entertaining part. And and to be honest, like I think, I don't know, there's something about Richarlison. I think as long as he's not playing Arsenal, I like when he does the silly stuff because it's just like. It's just something that's semi-entertaining that's like, eh, you know? It's I, I cool. Think, like I the guys... kind of, when you watch these players, you pick and choose who you're okay with doing it. Like, I'm okay with, let's say, Zaha doing it. Love it. Mm. No issues at all. Like, you sometimes just pick and choose who you're okay with and who you're not. And for me, Charleston mm. just made the not. He's just not that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's just not that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I, I, for me, he gives me uh, Balotelli vibes a little bit, and I, I, really like, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. What, Richardson? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, he just like he doesn't give a shit, you know. Like I think D- Didi Haman tried to call him out on Twitter and said he should have been booked for doing keepy ups, and he like went back at him with like a crying emoji. Right, so, like, it's very funny, just very very funny. Um, Edison Cavani has joined Valencia, and Belotti has joined Roma in the battle of uh, free transfer old strikers that no one really wanted. So, oh, I didn't I didn't hear about the Belotti thing. That's interesting. Yeah, like Brighton could have had him, but they're like absolutely. To, to your point, Pascal Gross has started the season with a hundred goals in two games, so we're going to stick with this. The problem is, there's always this Italian striker that scores a million goals, but you look at him and you're like, I don't know how. Belotti fits <laughs> that category. There's always that Italian dude that's like, you're slow, you're this, you're that. You don't look physically imposing. You be- like, I watched your games. You barely look like you're unbelievably talented either. Or like, and, but somehow there's always this one Italian dude. Like Scamacca is gonna fall into that category very soon. Like you're he just might. an Italian dude that scores a. Mi- you're an Inzaghi, right? There's an Inzaghi every like three seasons in Italy that you're just like, how do you score this many goals? And then it's a type of player that can never leave Syria. You just can't because you will clearly not do well anywhere else kind of player. I, I don't know. I just kind of noticed that pattern of these players that keep coming through. What's his name? The guy at Lazio. Um, the <laughs> yeah. top, top scorer every year. Oh, God. What's, I'm completely oh, yeah. blanking. Short, uh, Mr. Short guy. Um, Alberto? No. No, no, no. no. Hang on. Um, uh, people oh, are going to be screaming. Well, Immobile. Immobile. Immobile, yeah. Yes, Immobile is in that category. Quagli- Quagliarella, whatever. Quagliarella, he's, yeah. he's in that category. Like, how are you people doing this? I, I mean, Immobile even came out recently. It was like, did he say, it's funnier in my head, he said, when I die, people will, will, uh, well, like recognize what I've done, but he well, probably he just said retire. Like, he thinks he's Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the great artists. But I, yeah. I think he said something like, "When I retire, people will realize what I've done." And to be fair to the guy, he scores like thirty goals a season yeah. in Serie A every year. But the problem is, he went to Bundesliga for one year and was shit. Yeah. Yes, is Belotti is... the one that gives us the pretty uh, the TikToks with his pretty wife, or is that Immobile? One of them does a lot of really nice TikToks. He's like playing PlayStation oh, yeah? all the time. And she's always like, look at this guy. He's all constantly. Yeah, she. I think I want to say it's Immobile. And she just, like his wife or girlfriend, always just takes a snap of him like playing PlayStation. She's like, this is all he does. This is her <laughs> constant feed. It's just that. Um, Maybe that's what he was talking about. When I retire, people will understand what I've been up to. <laughs> yeah, it was probably him. I don't think Bellotti is that cool, really. Speaking of yeah. actually Italian strikers, I was thinking, Inter Milan have Lukaku and Zeko? It yes. got me thinking because I was watching the highlights the other day. And I was like, okay, Lukaku, I get it. And then I didn't, for some reason, I kind of just blanked on the whole Jekos on the bench for them. And I was like, okay, that's 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 quality. I know Jekos kind of getting you know older a little bit, but he's had a couple of unbelievable seasons for Roma. And to yeah. to have him come off your bench, that's that's a pretty good option, I think. Yeah, I agree. Also, slightly awkward because do you remember last season when um, what's his name, Marotta, I guess the director there was like. Yeah, like we sold Lukaku and brought Jekko in for nothing, and basically nothing's changed. <laughs> it's like, enjoy playing together, lads. <laughs> well, that's also what Tuchel said. He's like, we bought Lukaku and nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. It's so uh, true. This is, this is kind of why, why I, I still really like Serie A. I mean, A, you know, some of the teams are, are really good, but B, just like their owners keep saying mad shit. <laughs> Which is not something you get so much elsewhere, you know. Serie A for me, I've always described it as like a local league. 
mm. in a good or a bad mm. way. I don't know how to describe it. It's local. It feels like like when I watch the Egyptian league, let's say, or I, and I, I'm not saying the quality is the same, but when I follow the kind of news that comes out of it, the kind of craziness from from club owners, the yeah. kind of just like the even the quality of the of the of the TV broadcast, the quality of the fields, how empty the stadiums are sometimes. Like it feels like a local league that at one time was like a big league, but they're still kind of just like they're, they're trying to hang on and they're just local in a negative or a positive way, however you want to look at it. That's the best way I can describe it. They're, they're not that league, but they're just there by virtue of like reputation. I, th- I think it's, it's one of those things where they either don't know how to, or don't have the will to commercialize it in a way that would allow them to expand it. Like when they tried to do the anti-racism thing and then drew a, a monkey, <laughs> like they just don't know how to get past. It's like when you have the, fil- the filthy rich dad who gives the company to the son and the son's like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just like keep stuff going. I'll see you guys in a, in a year or whatever. Just keep it going. Right? Just at the like, pool no doing investment. coke. Like, yeah. yeah. Maurizio Sari is like, you know, there's, a, there's literally a camera fully fixed on this guy just <laughs> having his smokes from five minutes in, you know? It's See, like... That's exactly what I mean by local. Like, the manager is smoking on the sideline. Like, it just feels so basic in yeah. every aspect. Even when we went we went to Rome in, in 2016, oh my God, it's so long ago. We went to Rome in 2016 and we came into the Stadio Olimpico and, like, the chairs were disgusting. Like it was a wonderful experience. We enjoyed it very, very much. But like the chairs were covered in filth. Like, like, the guards were racist. Yeah, the guards are racist. You couldn't leave your own little quarter of the stadium. Like you couldn't just walk around. You were like penned wow. in, and people were bringing boxed salads in and eating them, which was pro- probably the most civilized part of the whole thing. But it's just very strange. It's very strange. I love it, but it's a, it's a strange league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mo, anything else from the from the Premier League that jumped out at you this weekend? We got City coming back from two 0 down against Palace. Was I mean, ever in doubt? Haaland, I mean, his his hat trick. He's what top scorer of the Premier League so far, and I, I would say top scorer without even, I would say playing that well. I would say he hasn't even hit stride. I don't think he's kind of on tune with his with his teammates. So I think, you know, that meme like call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> um, that's kind of where he's at right now. It's like I think if he gets even better and he kind of gets into and his teammates play to his strength, because right now it feels like City exclude him until the last twenty minutes when they're like, "Oh shit, maybe let's use this big guy up top because we're we're behind." Like if they start to do it from the start, I think it's gonna start to get dangerous for the rest of us. Um, like he's a non-sub Plan B. Like he's Plan B, but he's already there, he's already on the field. Yeah, because City are like, we'll just play with ten players, see if we can beat this team, and if not, we'll we'll let you know. <laughs> it's wild. His like, you know, if there was like a usage rate type, you know, um, metric, like his usage rate is so low, yep. but his efficiency is just off the charts. This is the thing that is really troubling: is when he gets involved more. You can sort of see why he scored as much as he did is because he has this level of efficiency that like that third goal of his where he was in between the defenders, held off and just slotted it into the corner. Like man, that is people people think that that is a simple goal to score. And that is you will not find strikers in the league that will score that with like the level of chill that he had. Like the mm. guy was just like, this is like, I'm scoring. It doesn't matter what you do. 
doesn't matter what you try. I'm too strong for you. I have too good control. So when this guy, when he is used more, when he is more involved, I'm actually like legit scared of what he could do. Like he is, he's incredible. I, did, I didn't think he'd, he'd start to score this much this soon. I thought he'd have a longer ramp up. We all did on this podcast, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, there was, uh, like, I mean, this came from a city account. It was verified, but like this seemed a bit weird. So yeah, there's only that, like one. Fan... There's that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's representative. Yeah. Um, it could just be fan fiction, but they, it was basically saying like Premier League managers have been calling each other, being like, fan to, like work, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't kissing De Bruyne, was he? <laughs> what? But like, oh, different. Tra- fan I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a celebration. Yeah. yeah. Um, trying to workshop together how they mm. might be able to stop this person, and I don't know. I, that seems futile to me. Like, he's just too big and too strong and too quick and too good. I, I honestly don't know what anyone's going to do. And he's got him. like Bernardo Silva, Foden, Gundogan and De Bruyne behind him. <laughs> like, you know, like what, we just Cancelo. need one. They need one of those four players to have a good game and they're winning the game. Like Bernardo Silva has started the season on fire. Gundogan, I think the first game, started the season on fire, even second game and then Bernardo Silva mm. kind of came on and started to take on the mantle. I mean, they cannot lose Bernardo Silva. They don't need the money he just wanted to know that he can start and play. And I think it looks like if he stays, he will play. Um, I yeah, think they need yeah, to keep him. Yeah. They, he's he's just way too good. I know I love Mars. He's fantastic. But Bruno Silva is like different class. Yeah. Uh, he should be in the like Ballon d'Or conversation for me. Um, he had a great season. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's not like cool enough maybe to make it, but I think he should be in the conversation. Um, City apparently have gone... If I heard this right, they've gone behind by two goals in four of the last six games, and they haven't lost any of them. Um, so, like, they just they do that thing where they just decide, and yeah. then the game's over. Then get two, get one or get two, and then they just turn it on. You could see the Newcastle. Actually, the Newcastle game was interesting because they scored so early that you could tell they just went eh, eh. and then Newcastle went up, and then they're like, okay, cool, we'll do this, and then. You know, Crystal Palace scored two goals from like, you know, 0.2 XG. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, cool. I guess we'll have to do something today. Okay, let's let's turn it on. So it is they, bit, yeah. that's scary. It's a bit, I mean, it's, it's a whole nother level, but it's a bit United in the like late 90s. When you're like, mm. oh, don't score get them against them. That will piss them off. When <laughs> no, they, you know, <laughs> you know? Um, speaking of which, uh, we, all, we all thought there would be a reaction for Liverpool. We all captained Mohamed Salah. Uh, unless you didn't, Roy. I don't know. You can tell us. I but, did, man. Uh, I'm so yep. pissed. I'm yep. so pissed. Nine goals, not a goal, not an assist, not a meaningful contribution. Uh, just baffling. I, I Absolutely feel that, baffling. I feel that should be more than one to 5,000. That should be more unlikely than Leicester winning the league. Like Liverpool scoring nine goals, Salah playing 90 minutes and not getting a single assist or goal. Like that is unbelievable. Missing two sitters. Yes. Missing yeah. two sitters as well. This yeah. is the crazy thing. It's actually hilarious. Like the, the the literally this topic we're talking about is the one thing people came out with this game of. It's like the most spoken about point of this game is how That's can so Salah not score? Like it's no one cares about the nine goals. No one cares about Firmino. No one cares about He's Like how can Salah not score? Scott Parker's literally suicidal, and the rest of the world is like FPL. Yeah, some guy. Yeah, some guy on Twitter had a fantastic. He's like, hey, look, at least that left back that was tasked with keeping Mohamed Salah quiet can keep his head up high. You know, he did his job. <laughs> he had a fantastic game. 
That's cool. Uh, but but uh, Mo, you thought like tactically there was a thing with Salah, like he seemed yeah too far I, away from so goal. No? I watched Salah obviously because of the Egyptian connection, and I just like him and whatever. And I've watched every single Liverpool game. Every game, he just seemed he just seems way too far away from the action. Um, he just he's way too close to the to the byline. He's not involved in kind of the danger area. And if he is involved in a danger area, at least at the beginning of the game, like towards the end of games, he starts to kind of drift centrally and kind of get away from what he's supposed to do. But in the beginning of games, in the first half or the first 60 minutes, like Trent keeps giving him the ball wide. Like Trent is passing it outside to Mm. Salah on the line. And like the only way Salah starts to get involved centrally or about to score a goal is he has to cut in either either dribble two or three players or play a very low kind of one-two with Trent that has to be like that Messi-Alves connection perfection for Salah to then have a decent shot from like, what, 14 yards out, right? Like he's just, they need to find a way to get him a lot more involved. Maybe the Nunez missing is playing a factor, but even when Nunez was playing at the start of the season, I felt they need to figure out a way to put this guy a lot closer to goal. The way kind of, and again, it's not comparing the players, but the way Messi went from playing right wing to, okay, you're kind of mm. a lot more central now. And I think they need to do that with Salah sooner or later. It's hard with Nunez there because you don't have a small guy to kind of move out wide in the Firmino or Mane or whatever. But they need to figure it out. He's just, all he's doing is getting passes from Trent, passing it back, passing it Trent. Like, it's not enough. I think I think Jota will, will help a lot in someone that can be, can normally play down the middle, but can move wide to allow Salah to, you know, they, they can do a lot of interchanging. Um, Roy, did you see the, the Roberto Firmino uh, renaissance coming you know after the united game i uh i was pretty sure that between firmino um henderson and co like these old guys were just <laughs> we're just gonna go let, let out the pass so you, you know we'll we'll hit you up when we play some rubbish <laughs> champions league game or league cup right um yeah. and all it took was just a little bit of you know, relegation for that to, to get that, you know, get the juice flowing again. I mean, for me, is that kind of player where he'll, he's the ultimate, you know, flash, hot and cold, like, um, especially now as he sort of gets towards the, you know, the latter end of his career, right? But, um, yeah, entertaining. I mean, all in all, Southampton feel really good about this. So, yeah. you know, their, their Twitter account <laughs> is no longer... The only Twitter account that's taken the nine nine nil bashing. So, oh man, that, yeah, that, that, that uh, the Twitter account has the nine nil been mentioned yet? Was begging for the <laughs> goal, just <laughs> begging for the oh, goal. Have you seen that this has now spawned conspiracy theories about clubs not being able to score ten because it's like the Premier League visual graphic whatever can't handle it. Well, like, VAR just will will get in and be like, nope, for some reason, you know, for technical reasons, we can't allow it. <laughs> yeah. Amazing stuff. Um, Arsenal 2, Fulham 1. Um, Arsenal struggled, like played in much the same way that they've been playing all season, which is high energy, front foot, high press, intricate passing. Um, but it didn't really work on Fulham. The Fulham were like surprisingly robust. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's unfair. Like Fulham have been pretty good this season it's just the memories of Fulham as a Premier League team are all just this like uselessly yeah and I think also it's fair to say a lot of last ditch tackles like Fulham had three last ditch tackles which were like goals for Arsenal as well so all in all it just seems to work in their favor I think I don't think Arsenal played any worse than than some of the other games they played this season I mean Fulham 
in that form, probably the best opposition. If you think, I mean, okay, Crystal Palace, put that aside, but like mm. Bournemouth, Leicester at home, I think Fulham are probably like in the last three games, the best opposition, not by a large margin, but by a little bit there, you know, they're organized enough. They've got Mitrovic at the, uh, up top and etc. I thought Arsenal played well. I think we shifted to the right-hand side a little bit more today. Like we talk about, well, it was the Martinelli Jesus on the left for a couple of games. This game, we mm-hmm. kind of shifted back to our well-known, well-trialed Saka Odegaard combination. Saka still kind of finding his way into the season. I thought, I'm not worried about the fact that we struggled. I thought we did enough. I think we had like a 2.6 or something XG. I think we did enough to win this game. Gabriel put us in a bit of a tight spot with his mistake, but it kind of lit a fire under us that we needed almost. Guys. Guys, yeah. So I can't complain. I think overall you'll have these games, but I like the fact that as a fan at 1-1 or even at 1-0 down, I felt, no, we could do this. Like that was a good feeling. Mm. Roy, did you feel yeah. So? yeah, you know, like I, it's funny. I was, I ended up wa- watching a couple of games from like 2002, 2003, 2004, like highlights of these games and some games that Arsenal lost back then. And, you know, just sort of reminding myself that even when we are really good, you just have these games where, you know, stuff doesn't go perfectly. Like mm-hmm. the fact that Arsenal had almost 75% possession in this game right like that that speaks a lot to to the dynamics of the game fulham because they were very organized it made it seem as though you know maybe the game wasn't as you know weren't quite maybe as sharp as it could have been but i think even lose, losing losing and zinchenko and still being able to have that much possession control proceedings i mean i think really that's all you can ask from a team is to you know, be in control of a game, which Arsenal fans have been wanting this for a long time, right? Like very mm. recently, we've been in situations where with Arteta last season, previous season, we're playing teams that are lower down, which Fulham maybe a more of like a sort of like low, you know, mid-table-ish, yeah, something like that, not quite relegation. Um, and we have we had lots of games where we don't have control control, right? Like, you know, things are going back and forth. This was really like, their best bet was a mistake, and that happened. Yeah. Um, there were a few. There's a corner where Mitrovic, you know, had the header, and Ben White had the block, which that happens once in a while. But I think, in the end, you control the game, you win. That's all you. That's all you want to do, right? Like you know, the like of the Chelsea's of this world, the Spurs of this world, who, you know. They're not really being asked to control games. Like they end up winning these games. I remember there's a game last season. I think Chelsea Brentford, where like Chelsea were absolutely battered, but mm-hmm. they won. I think they won one nil or something. And people are like, "Oh, well done!" You know, you grind it out. Yeah. I mean, if you control a game and win two one, well done. Yeah. yeah. And I think Alex, before you kind of come in, just very quickly, uh, Roy, you reminded me of like when you were when you were talking there. I think Arsenal fans just missed the days where we can almost win the game on paper where you can almost be like, okay, today is Bournemouth, today is Fulham. We deserve an easy, nice run. They are, and it doesn't mean the players aren't trying hard. They have to. But like as a fan, you're watching the game and you're not going to every single game worried that you're going to lose to Bournemouth at home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, you, yeah. we're, we're tired of that feeling. We almost want to be like, yeah, fine. There's going to be tough games and there's no easy games in this league. But some games, you want to go into them feeling, we played well, we're winning this. 
done and dusted. You know, we I don't think we've had that for so long. We've struggled even in the simple games. And, we, you know, I can't remember the last time Arsenal went into a game on paper going, yep, we're winning this, done, you know, barely even need to turn up. Like, I'm happy that we're almost getting back to a little bit of that where on paper we deserve to win. We go out there, we perform, we win. Rinse and repeat kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And and Roy, like you mentioned the the early to mid 2000s. I I realized that I've sort of got uh PTSD is too strong a word, but the, the those games where Arsenal would completely dominate possession, pass it around in a U shape around the penalty area um and still need a goal in the last 10 minutes yeah. and invariably Arsene Wenger would bring on Nicholas Bentner who'd score a header. And so since then I've always been baffled at any squad that doesn't just have a target man on hand just in case. Like mm-hmm. I always just think you should probably just have one just in case you need one. Um, and it, it, it kind of it annoys me that people don't. To be fair, Inketia came on and did it in a different way. He came on and he changed the, the dynamic he, where he, he much bustles. more energetic. He was running around. He was doing his thing. He was creating passing lanes. He was creating chances. So he did the he did what you want from a Bentner, just in a, in a different way, in a more fun way, let's say. Yeah, and he didn't commit any crimes while doing it, which is, which is also positive. Um, before we move on, I, I think my only... It's not a concern, which that would be ridiculous because it has been on paper a perfect start for Arsenal, um, is where is there to go from here? So they've, they've come out of the blocks 100 miles an hour. So my question is, is this it? And then it's just a question of like how many times this season can you reach the can you maintain or, or reach this level again? Or is there anywhere to go to? And that's what I'm kind of interested to see from this team, especially once the Europa League kicks in. Um, that's not to be pessimistic. I mean, there's nothing to be pessimistic about. It's just the start has been so quick that it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about it. I think it's just what, you know, you can tell from the minute we signed... Jesus that early we got Vieira and even though he hasn't played you know the tours that we did like we had that starting 11 locked early mm-hmm. and the whole goal is like maximize points now because you know come the end of the season those two points are really gonna matter yeah. and I think that's that's all it is, is like last season we saw we saw the effects of losing so many points early on and come the end of the season, we couldn't make it up. Right. So, you know, this season could go many ways, you know, I don't necessarily, th- yeah. Arsenal now lock for top four. So do what you can now and sort of see where the chips fall. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I'm, I'm really glad that they did that amount of prep early so that these early games, which people can say they're easy, I mean, Arsenal lost to Southampton and then Brighton and that that horrid run before the end of the season last year. You can lose to you can lose multiple games to average teams very yeah, easily. Fulham, Fulham and, to Liverpool, City gave uh, Palace gave City a very tough game. They've been playing fantastic. Every, like no games are easy anymore. Like I mean, maybe a a Bournemouth and a Nott- and a Nottingham Forest. Outside of that, you're pretty uh, much going to get a bit. I mean, fine, Alex. Maybe Aston Villa is where you want to go. Uh, I was going to go to Leicester, but I mean, we could go to Villa too. I mean, I was going to say, I think we can, right now we can add Leicester to the list of teams. I mean, Chelsea literally gave them a red card Uh. and Leicester were like, you can have two goals. That seems fair. And then we might try and come back and score one. I mean, I'm a big fan of Conor Gallagher and I thought this was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen a football player do. I mean, this was pure Granite Xhaka 
you know its finest in yeah. terms of decision making to get that that red card but what the, what the hell were Leicester doing <laughs> what, what what are they doing this season i just just they're so bad so the thing i don't understand with Leicester is do, is it i can't understand how much their training round costs cuz you know they're losing all these players like <laughs> and they're not signing anyone like they've even they resigned Vardy Samare back yeah like from the transfer list there's no one left to train <laughs> that and i mean who knows if arsenal do the Tielemans thing I, I doubt it now but potentially they're still potentially Tielemans still goes this season i mean otherwise they're losing for free well they also lost Michael, right they lost Michael. Schmeichel's like conceding goals left, right, and center at Nice. But Fofana's he's, li- he's living in Nice. So Fofana's gone. But this game was strange. So I think that point on Conor Gallagher reminded me of Arsene Wenger talking about playing young defenders, even though Gallagher is a defender. Like, you will make a dumb decision as a young sure. player. He had four players running back. Just don't need to do it. Like he also got um, the yellow like six minutes ago. It's not like he forgot about it. Yeah. yeah. Did you see yeah. Kukurea's reaction when he got? Oh, his feet. Oh, he went mental. Yeah. And I, I, I felt really sad actually because on the podcast we really liked Conor Gallagher and we thought he was great at Palace and all that. But like the second he touched that player, his face—you could see it oh. on his face of like yep. it's almost like he wasn't him. And then the second the player went down, he kind of snapped back into reality. You know, a little bit of Eminem there. He snapped back into reality and he was like, what did I just do? Like his face was so crestfallen. It actually yeah. just looked so, like, like, it looked so bad. I felt so sorry for it. But for Leicester to go 2-0 down to 10 men, yeah, that is pitiful. Like, I know they're almost playing with 10 men because of Amate, but still. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Like, Appreciate your to, contribution to this agenda. <laughs> to, to go down 2-0 to 10 men, I cannot understand it. I know they had lots of chances. I know they you know, fluffed their lines a little bit. But there's no way you can show up somewhere. And and like it's not like Chelsea had one or two chances they put away. It was, this wasn't like a smash and grab. Like Reese James hit the post. Like they, mm-hmm. they, had, they had other chances. 10 men for three quarters of the game. Yeah, Leicester are in real trouble. It's not even like they have a bad team. They don't. They oh. like they've recruited well in recent years up until this summer. Think, when they're, uh, they're all do sad. Think, do you think Amarte is in uh, Brendan Rodgers' envelope? <laughs> <laughs> he's in there three times. The three envelopes. He's in all of them. <laughs> I just, I know, I, I know, I'm being boring and repetitive, but there isn't a kid in the academy that is better than this guy. Yeah, we be. always like okay. to ask that question, right? Especially yeah. when someone signs an old player that's like, come on, he's been around the block. We, you know what you're going to get. Just promote someone. Take a punt. Yeah, like even Soyuncu was on the bench being like, bro, come <laughs> on. <laughs> that's so true. So to the bench. But the thing uh, also I've realized is people give Johnny Evans lots of props, but nearly every week I see this guy getting yeah. getting rinsed. And just realizing, oh, actually, John Evans is way past it. He's he has a rep, but you have Amate and Evans in that back line, both struggling. Didi has just like I don't know if this guy is not having enough jollof or like I don't I don't understand what is going on. He has gone, yeah, like he's gone from I know injuries have affected him, but he was he was hot, hot, hot. Now he's like, I mean, the only guy who's really still killing it's Madison. Madison is still. Yep. Scoring goals and 
I mean, he's probably going to be gone. I like soon, Harvey Barnes. Well, I like Barnes. I Barnes think is, yeah, Harvey Barnes player. decent too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think frankly they they need to do Joel Campbell and get out before they well they still can because <laughs> those are the kind of guys like Zaha who could get locked into that club because other teams yeah. aren't going to spend the money that it costs to get them out. You know what I mean? Anyway, they got to go. Um, you know who else has to go? Steve Gerrard. Gerrard. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, so at Mojo Dopedo said for the second week in a row, Steve Gerrard discuss. Let's discuss how bad he is at managing football teams. I mean, all you have to say is that he's got a worse record than Gary Neville at Valencia. Oh, <laughs> mate! And, and Neville is a meme. So I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what we're waiting on with Gerrard. To be honest, I, I mean, you thought that slip against Chelsea would be the worst part of his career. It's not. It's right now. Like you know who's. You know what this. This really looks bad for the Scottish league. Yeah. Really bad. Him and like Rodgers. Him and Rodgers. Yeah, at least Rodgers, though, won FA Cup. Like, Rodgers has done sure. something of note with a good team. Gerard went in and just, like, blasted that league, right? Took but Rangers okay, you've from... Got, you've got, like, Tierney wearing short sleeves in winter. So it makes up for it <laughs> a little bit. So it balances really, it out. We uh-huh. spent so much money. They've brought in the players that he wants. Like he came in and he said, listen, these are the players I want. This is how I want to play. Boom, boom, boom. And they just can't buy a win. And that guy, like, there's already enough buildup in the Villa fan base that if he, they have Arsenal this week and then they have another tough game. Who do they play uh, on the weekend? I think they, they play City or something. I know they have two yeah, tough City. games back to back. Oh, shit. So he loses these two games. I mean, so I'm looking at their fixtures, Roy. I think yes, they could lose to Arsenal and City, but then I think they're probably going to give him a chance against Leicester, Southampton, and Leeds and Forest. Yeah. So there's those four games there. I think he doesn't come out of those four with something significant. Then you play Chelsea after that. I think those four games are make or break. He could still lose to Arsenal and City. I think it's going to be way too hard for him to turn it around. But if he doesn't get anything out of Leicester, uh, Southampton, Leeds, and Nottingham Forest, I think let's put that date in our calendar: tenth of October. All right, but it's That's it's the Rogers Gerard El Sakico. Like whoever <laughs> loses that one, also, can... also known as Sean Dice Day, because <laughs> he's getting one of them jobs. You know, I'm Probably. I'm on vacation right now, so I spend a lot of time. I always love time doing football things. And one thing I haven't done in forever is listen to 606 BBC, mm. you know, the phone in. And they're legit Leicester fans calling in saying, bring me Tony Pulis, bring me Sam Allardyce. We need to take this club forward. I just remember like, man, we football, there's some football fans who are just like, I know you're desperate because things are not going right, but Sam Allardyce, Tony, in the year of our Lord, 2022, you were going back to Pulis and Allardyce Ball. Man, people are desperate. Um, we, wonder, we wonder why people are vulnerable to misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> Pulis is the best hope, the best we can hope for. Jeez. Roy Hodgson, bring him back. Christ <laughs> almighty. I mean, I can see why they want someone to organize the defense, but like, let's be a bit more ambitious. Like, I, I mean, I, I think I think Tony Pulis and Sam Allardyce will look at Amarty and still say, no, I can't do it. So he can't go to Leicester, <laughs> but he may be with Villa. Oh, would he bring Mings back? I mean, Sam Allardyce will bring Mings back. Straight in. Boom. True. Put it in the mixer. 
<laughs> so who, who do you think lives first, Gerard or uh, Rogers? What's what's your call? Lampard. I don't think. Ooh. So I don't think Leicester sack Rogers because I think I don't know who Leicester. There's not an obvious. Brilliant. I mean, again, I've said it a million times, but I think at some point Leicester will get Roberto Mancini. But um, I don't think they'll sack Rogers because I think he, up until this season he's done too good a job. I think he might walk though. Yeah. yeah between Gerard right. and Lampard, I, Gerard. Like they're booing them off, man. Well, Aston Villa have higher expectations, I think, right yes. now as well, from what they saw towards yeah. the end of last season. And it's almost like Gerard set the bar himself. They were, again, they were one of the silkiest teams towards the end of last season. Continuous clicking, all of those guys were playing very well. Everything looked like, okay, this is a great platform to then kick on next season with a couple of, and they made a couple of good signings. It's just not working out for them. And he set the bar high, and now unfortunately, he's kind of just has, has to reap those uh, those rewards. Yeah. But like you knew, I knew, Roy knew, Nate Silva knew that the second that Philippe Coutinho signed a permanent deal, he was going to be rubbish, right? Like it was so obvious. The Adebayor effect. Exactly. Yeah. About taking his pot shots from 30 yards. <laughs> yeah. Literally what he does. Oh, God. Right. Uh, we'll end it there. We've got, uh, what, tomorrow, Southampton against Chelsea. Quick predictions. Rapid fire. Southampton, Chelsea. Either of you. Chelsea. Yeah, Southampton, they have good young players, but they can't hold it together. Yeah, Chelsea will win that one 2 0. Leeds against Everton. Ellen Road. Ooh, 1 0. Road changes it. I think Leeds 3 1. Yeah, I'm with you there. Leeds win. Fulham, Brighton. Brighton 1 0. They don't concede goals. Yeah, Brighton are good. But I yeah. think this is where. Uh, this is where they're gonna fall, and and then the Brighton fans will call for yeah. Graham Potter's head. So, I'll, yeah, yeah I'll give him a, a Mitro too much. Yeah, <laughs> we've sold all our best players are in the top four, and you're calling from my head. Uh, Crystal Palace at home to Brentford. That's got a draw written all over it. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. like a two-two. Well, mm-hmm. Brentford will definitely go down two-nil. Yeah, and then they'll come back to draw the game 2-2. <laughs> That's definitely what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and then Ivan Tony will call his own club a wanker <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Arsenal, Aston Villa. Easy win. Easy money. Yeah, I mean, this is the unbeaten season. So, Oddly enough, I'm going for a draw. I'm going for a 1-1. At home? Yeah, Great. I know, man. Aston Villa. Yo, you know what? Arsenal have won, including preseason. I think Arsenal have won, like, nine games in a row or something so too many Oof, it's 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 a lot like this is just like football right eventually something goes wrong okay all right you've been around the block okay yeah i get it uh liverpool newcastle one of the all-time classic english premier league fixtures four, three. I'm oblig- obligated to say yeah 4-3 yeah i'm just glad we saw a nice saint maximan goal before he goes out injured in the next oh. game or two what but, a hit um, that was. Yeah, that was fantastic. So, yeah, Liverpool are going to crush him. But hopefully St. Maxman gets injured in three games, not not this game. Fair enough. I can't really see Newcastle being crushed by anyone, really. I, think, I don't know, like a 3-2? No, Mo, what do you reckon? Uh, at home, I think Liverpool will just edge it maybe like 2-1. Fair enough. Uh, Bournemouth Wolves, don't care. Um, West Ham Spurs, tricky one. That West Ham got their first goal and first point of the season the other day. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what West Ham's plan is. If they they just attack 
at home and let Tottenham counter attack, then Tottenham will get him like three now. Moyes yeah. is too savvy. Moyes is not gonna fall into the Conte trap. Is he I gonna trust go low block. He's gonna go mid block or something. He's not gonna because all Spurs do is lump it up top, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think so, that's, that's like yeah. um, <laughs> making them sound like Burnley. Um, but they, they leg- like honestly, I wish I'm not. I wasn't just. I'm not just this Arsenal fan who hates Spurs. Like, legitimately, kick it out to Kulosevsky out in the wing and, like, throw in something and see if Kane can score. Like, um, anyway, I'm trusting West Ham to to do a pull a 1-1 draw. Fair enough. Leicester against Manchester United. Oh, weren't oh. you the one that just said, like, Leicester are absolutely in the dumpster? Well, this is yeah. their chance. This is their this chance. Is their chance. Yeah. Get in before Anthony revolutionizes this team. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I need I need Man United to get a a really nice win so they show up on the weekend to play Arsenal really cocky and just get handed a sweet three one defeat. So I'm gonna go for Man United two one. Yeah, I think and then think Arsenal United, to gonna slap them on the weekend. I think United they're gonna get they're gonna be just fine two 0 yeah, I think so. Um, and our thanks to Daniel Amati for that result. <laughs> right, that's, that That will do. This is probably... Sponsored, sponsored by Amati. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, wait. There's there's an Amore joke in there, isn't there? When there's something, 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 and there's something, 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 that's Amati. <laughs> <laughs> work, work the details out later. Yeah. Anyway, better leave it there. It's an hour and 17 minutes. That is objectively far too long of this crap. Um, so go and do something else with your lives and we will talk to you next week Roy thank you very much for joining us it was fun have a good one Mo take care see you guys